And welcome to FitSpeak, the Fraser Valley's fitness, wellness, and endurance sports podcast. I'm Kevin Hines. We're brought to you by Wenting Cycle and Mission. Here's your Wenting's word of the week. It is SRAM. Mention that word to Bruce or any staff member the next time you are at Wentings and you'll win a prize. It's just that easy. Once again, your Wentings word of the week is SRAM. We're also brought to you by TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. With the race season here, it's time to get serious with your training. Maximize your time investment with effective workouts and get the support you need from real live humans, not a computer screen. TriJoy can help. We'll meet with you face-to-face to to discuss goals and make a plan to achieve them. Email me for your free in-person consultation. It's TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. See the link at the bottom of this page. Up on the show today, we'll have part two of the interview with our local titans of triathlon. Will Rogers and Derek Duvall are our guests. We'll also have some great training advice for you in our Fit Tip of the Week. And to start things off, FitSpeak at the races. Here's your Fitspeak 69 at the races. On Saturday the 25th, Dean Stanton's Tri-1 events held his second annual Golden Ears Gravel Fondo out in Port Coquitlam. There were a couple of hundred people who braved that rainy day. Here are your top finishers. First of all, in the long distance event, just over 110 kilometers long that is, the overall winner was Nicholas Kupiak out of Parksville in 3 hours and 37 minutes. Just five seconds back was the local Dominic Adamski and rounding out the men's podium was Vancouver's Gary Crit in 3 hours and 43 minutes. And just to let you know, a big performance on the women's side, Anne Barnes from New Westminster, top female in just under 4 hours and 10 minutes. In the 55km division, there were three females who were fast. Megan Ops was the fastest of all, taking gold in 2 hours and 18 minutes. Silver was Kristen Schlossenberger, who was 3 minutes behind. And in third, from North Vancouver, Laura Ferguson in 2 hours and 27 minutes. On the men's side, a familiar last name, Ops again. And that would be Megan's husband, Chris, who won it in the whole race, doing the distance in a gritty 2 hours and 5 minutes. The local youngster, Josh Young, played in second about five minutes back. And placing third in the men's 55-kilometer event was Tom Dreschel from Coquitlam in two hours and 12 minutes. And that's your FitSpeak 69 at the races. If you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time or been at Endurance Sports for a while, you've of course heard of intervals. And if you haven't, you're probably not getting as fast as you could be or you're getting injured a lot. Intervals are about going hard and then going easy and then doing it again over and over and over. And although the length of the interval and the intensity of the interval may differ, they're all about focus. Whether those are 800 running intervals on the track, VO2 max intervals on your bike trainer, or 300 meter intervals in the swimming pool. But here's one interval session you've probably never done, cognition intervals. We talked about them a little bit when we did our top 5 fitness trends of 2018 when we were explaining about training and mindfulness. So here's a quick refresher. 
and this will work for you regardless of the workout you're doing, although we're going to take a look at it from an endurance sports perspective. Since the weather is nice outside when I'm writing this, our example will be about running. Outdoors, that is. The first thing you're going to want to do is find yourself the right location for this. A place that's safe, free of homicidal motorists, grizzlies, cheetahs, and basically anything else that's going to throw you a mental or a physical distraction. And although trails are good for this, don't choose one that's too busy with other runners or too technical with a lot of turns, obstacles, or uneven terrain. A nice quiet country road like in Hatsik Valley might be that sort of place, or just a local running track provided it's not too busy. Once you've found your special place, just do your usual warm-up for however long that takes. Then feel free for a few minutes to do some unstructured accelerations just to get that heart rate up and down. Now, let's do these intervals. So for the next one to two minutes, don't worry about your pace. In fact, don't worry at all. Just run easily to start and just focus on one part of your body. Let's say your neck, for example. Is it relaxed? Is it straight up in alignment with your spine and the rest of your body? Or is it too far forward or too far backward? If someone told you you look like a turtle when you run, this may be a problem. Remember while you're doing this, speed is not an issue, but keep running at a pace that allows your mind to focus on that one part of your body. After one to two minutes of this, you're probably going to start to lose focus, so resume your normal running pattern. You might want to pick up the pace here, but it really doesn't matter. Let's do one more cognition interval, and this time let's focus on your gut and your diaphragm. Doing these intervals is especially helpful for new runners or runners who only do one or two sessions a week, and that's because they often think that they have to make every run count. And what that means usually is just one thing, to run as fast as they can for as long as they can. But that's not training, that's racing. And often these runners plateau because they teach their body to run at only one speed. Or these runners become demotivated and give up running because they associate running with going hard all the time. And that's just not too much fun. So let's get back to that interval, focusing on your gut and your diaphragm. Once again, this is only going to be for one or two minutes and speed doesn't matter. Just like last time, we're going to focus on one part of your body. Now don't focus on the pain in your gut or diaphragm. Rather, slow down to the point where that tension and maybe discomfort goes away and then just hold that pace. Maybe if you're feeling great, just increase the intensity a little bit. The idea here is to teach your body, one or two minutes at a time, that running doesn't have to be this ballistic and at times unpleasant experience. Running can be very, very enjoyable. The more enjoyable it is, the more likely you're going to stick with it for the long term, for those months and years to come. And that's when the real improvement can take place. So just to review, cognition intervals. Short little segments, one to two minutes, that can be built into any one of your favorite endurance sports, and really, even in weight training. The point is to back off on the intensity and to focus on one specific part of your body or part of that sport, whether it's your pedal stroke in cycling, your stride in running, or your stroke in swimming. Of course, use these cognition intervals, along with your regular high-intensity intervals, as part of your path to awesomeness. 
And that's your Fit Tip of the Week. We're excited today to bring you part two of our interview with our local titans of triathlon, Iron Will Rogers and dynamic Derek Duvall. As you know, endurance sports can take a toll on your body, but after three decades in triathlon, these guys just keep going and going and going. Last year, Will Rogers did two Ultraman distance triathlons. This year, he wants to get serious and set the world record for the Ultraman distance swim. That's 10 kilometers of swimming. Think about that, the equivalent of doing 400 lengths in your average swimming pool. And Derek Duvall, at age 73, well, he won a photo finished race in a sprint last year at the World Championships. And this year, he wants to build on that success. Plus, he has some unfinished business at the Ironman. In this, our final part of the interview, we hear about athletes who smoke cigarettes and drink beer in triathlon, and some silly stories about one-piece triathlon suits. We also find out about some of their most difficult race experiences. Here are Will Rogers and Derek Duvall on Fitspeak 69. So we're talking to Derek Duvall, multiple-time Ironman finisher and one hell of a, an athlete and a competitor. And we're talking about fueling for, for long-distance races back in the old days. So let's put you back to, say, 1985, 86, something like that. So you're out on a long bike ride. What are you eating, if anything? Uh, precisely. Precisely. I, I ate nothing because I you. thought, that's extra weight. That's how silly the logic was at the time. Uh-huh. Now you have to be fueling yourself every 20 to 30 minutes of something. What was the early days? Like when you did kind of when the lights went on and said food might be helpful on one of these six hour, five hour bike rides. Mm -hmm. What did you initially start, you know, eating? Well, on races, they had cookies. Okay. (laughs) Um, Another thing I have to this day that I think you have to be careful of this uh, is Coke. Mm. So, and I... When I coached hockey, I preached on this subject. When you players would have a Coke in between periods, you made yourself an instantaneous diabetic. Your blood glucose level spikes. 15, 20 minutes later, it's dropped. So you're playing the last half of the period with less blood glucose than you should. So I was a real advocate. You don't drink Coke. So on to triathlons. Mm -hmm. They have it every age station. If you start that at the beginning... You are now a temporary diabetic. You have to continue having Coke for the rest of the race. If you don't, your glucose level will drop. So once you're on the Coke, you stay on the Coke. Now, Will, you've been doing this a long time as well. So tell us back in the day, like 89, you were there. um, But to get there, you had to do some training. So what were you eating on the bike? What were you consuming on the run? I mean, we didn't have... I mean, Gatorade was, was rolling, but what, right. what was there for food for you? Um, you know, and for the swimming, uh, nothing. Uh, because uh, I, I, my swims were basically a mile, um, maybe a little more, and that would get me into a, a regular pattern that I was able to maintain that uh, pretty much the same speed over the four kilometers for the Ironman. And I've always been a really powerful swimmer. My technique sucks, but Mm -hmm. um, so it wasn't really, wasn't really an issue uh, for the bike. 
Um, yeah, I remember back in, in the early the early days training and, and not eating very much of anything. And um, and then, of course, uh, during the Ironman or, or other races, they would have stuff. And I would try and be very picky. Um, you know, I wouldn't overdo it. But I, uh, I tried to stay stay away from sometimes some of the the, the, the concoctions of fuel uh, that the sponsor would provide of mm. some sort that, uh, you know, I would try and stay with uh, just either, you know, bananas and cookies and stuff like mm. that and wash it down with uh, something like Coke, you know, mm, yeah. or, or, or water or sometimes some very mild Gatorade if they had it. Mm. <clears throat> but mostly it was, it was just the generic stuff. That's evolved now. Yeah. Um, uh, now when I go when I go training, uh, like on a long cycle, mm. um, I'll stop in at a gas station and I have I have one particular that I stop in about 25 miles into a, like a 50 or 60 mile bike ride and I'll make sure that I have something to eat because I know if I don't I'll, I'll suffer and I'm, I'll realize why I'm suffering mm. the last 20 or 30 miles uh, as as for the run uh, you know the runs the run uh, sometimes and if it's a really hot day I'll pack I'll take a frozen water bottle and of course it'll melt mm-hmm. along the way um, and the swims the swim I do up to five five mile like eight kilometer training swims. Sometimes I'll have two two bottles on the side of the pool. Two bottles of what? Of uh, either mostly um, uh, the goo, the GU mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, the noon stuff uh, is okay. I prefer the goo. Everybody everybody has their own preference. Mm-hmm. I think the flavors uh, they just taste a little better. It goes down easier for me. Yeah. And um, uh, on when I'm racing like an Ultraman. And even in the, the Ironmans that I've done, the, the handful that I've done in the last uh, five or six years, uh, I'll take a, an electrolyte tab like E-Tabs mm-hmm. uh, every 20 minutes. And if I feel a cramp coming on, I'll double it up. And, uh, and it seems to hold things off. And it's, it's like, like many people, I'm, I'm sure, I, you know, I'll be laying in bed trying to get to sleep and I'll, a cramp will develop. Well, all of a sudden, I'll you know I'll pop two two e tabs, oh, okay. and it takes care of it for the rest of the night. I'll get so a you have them sleep. right by your bed. I have well, I have them in my medicine cabinet. Oh, okay, home, yeah. yeah, right, just for that reason because yeah. because I've suffered with cramps, leg cramps, uh-huh. ever since I was in high school, like uh, even in junior high, mm. uh, playing football and hockey, and and just getting depleted. And of course, yeah. back then the science wasn't as 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 uh, generally known as it is now right so are you one of these guys when you finish a race your face is just chalked with salt or... and it it might if i'm wearing a dark outfit you can definitely see it and if <laughs> yeah. it's in arizona yeah you know uh, that that's definitely a possibility yeah uh, places like hawaii where it's much more humid not so much okay right it's the fact that uh, in a really dry environment mm-hmm. the salt comes out of your body and yeah. then just dries immediately yeah. that's where you see on, on animals or people and, and uh, their outfits you know they, they have lines of salt on their dark parts of their yeah, outfit yeah. and that's mostly in dry in, in very dry um, environments where if there's lots of moisture it's very humid mm-hmm. you just won't see that it'll all just run off them because there's right. so much moisture in the air right yeah so when we do uh, Ironman Penticton all three of us again in 2022 uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll be looking like a salt lick for some we, deer we, along the side oh it could be you never know it could rain it's rained there yeah. it's, ha- it's hailed there it yeah. hailed there one year you just have to find the right spot which is traditionally yeah. at the top of Yellow Lake at yes. about 2 o'clock 
in the afternoon. Oh yeah, they'll they'll arrange that for us. So Will, uh, what's your best result win? What's what's been a race you've been really proud of? Uh, whether you've won it or just had a real I don't, satisfying I, race. I don't win anything. <laughs> uh, I seem to be in that age group glut, or I was for many years. There were a lot of athletes. That, mm-hmm. So a lot of high end athletes sort of came and aged along with me. Uh-huh. Uh, any competitors that come to mind locally? I mean, we're a local podcast. Name some names if you got them. Well, I mean, there, there's uh, there's Furcock, of course. Yes. And uh, there's uh, there's been a few over the years uh, that I would see. Like I said, Kevin Sweetman would live live just up the road from me, and and I know I've known his wife through high school mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, so we, uh, you know, over the, over the years, it's been it's been. A, uh, a lot of a lot of fun dealing with you know racing with these people mm-hmm. uh i've just lost my train of thought here we're just thinking of a race that really was special oh for yeah you. yeah i mean i mean my fastest race uh my fastest ironman was 12, uh, 12 and a half hours okay and that was in 1992 and what and were the conditions like was it penticton? they were it was penticton okay right? and penticton, uh, and, and the i the conditions were perfect mm. um you know and i lost both my big toenails after that one <laughs> they and uh but yeah uh, and I've had some good half Ironmans. I love the half iron distance. Yeah. And I haven't done one for quite a while. How long is quite a while? Dude? Oh, the last one I did, uh, the last half Ironman was Victoria half. And that was probably, that was probably four or five, maybe six years ago. Mm-hmm. I actually packed up everything on my mountain bike with a little trailer. Took everything over. And my bike was packed up on my mountain bike as oh. well, on the trailer and, and went over to Victoria. Wow. How do you do that? Uh, I've got pictures. <laughs> <laughs> And then raced and then and then packed everything up again uh-huh. and then cycled home. I camped. Wow. I had a tent in my trailer and I just, wow. and I just uh, pitched it right there. Keeping it on the cheap. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The money I saved by not going on the ferry with my truck paid for all the the extras like the trailer and everything else. <laughs> so it was kind. Of, it was just kind of a, a, a personal fun thing to do, uh-huh. uh, and it worked out well. Yeah, you know, and uh, it's it was. Uh, it was it was a lot of fun to do it. I did it once. I don't know if I'll do it again. Uh-huh. But um, maybe eventually. I mean, I certainly do enjoy the half uh, the half iron um, distance race. That was always one of my favorites. I always said if I was going to have a good race, it was yeah. going to be in a half Ironman. Yeah. So and like I said, Stony Plain was probably my favorite. Yeah, a little bit early for open water swimming from for the locals, but I mean, you know. Take yep. the advantage that you can get. Now, Derek, uh, what's your favorite distance of race? I mean, you've done them all, and you've well, done well at a lot of them. It uh, still has to be an Ironman, yeah. uh, having done so many for so long. I am starting to have some mental fatigue how long I can do that distance. Uh-huh. Um, Did you say metal fatigue or mental fatigue? Mental. Mental fatigue, yeah. okay. Um, but, you know, that's still the that everybody yeah. aims for or would like to. Yeah. You're going to outgun Sister Madonna Booter? <laughs> I got interviewed in Florida last November. Uh-huh. And the fellow said, what are your three goals? <laughs> I said, well, I have this dear friend of mine who's a nun in Spokane, Sister <laughs> Madonna, who raced the Ironman until she's 85. I want to outdo that by a year. <laughs> Two, I'd like to go back to Kona once more. <laughs> three, about three years ago, a hundred-year-old Indo-Canadian gentleman from Surrey here went in the Toronto Marathon. They're closing up the course and realize this fella's still out there. And they opened it back up at the age of a hundred. Mm. It took a long time, but he finished the Toronto Marathon. And I said, if I live to be a hundred, I'm going on the Toronto Marathon. That is after that, definitely a goal. <laughs> a race that you were 
really proud of not necessarily winning, not necessarily a performance, but just a just a real special day for you, Derek. I think the very first Ironman in yeah. Kona, you can't ever outdo that. Yeah. You had no idea what you're getting into. Mm-hmm. I had a flat, crashed in a lava field, <laughs> I cut from head to toe. I rode the last eight miles on a flat because I didn't know how to change a tire. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think that's still the most special day. Uh-huh. And, of course, close to it is the 85 Kona race where I said I do. Happened to get married. Yep. Let's flip the coin now. A race that you would rather not remember, whether it was uh, uh, just a crappy performance, the weather was poor, you just weren't into it. Uh, let's start with Will. Think of all the <laughs> races that you've done, and one you could just uh, hit the delete button on. Um, we did a we, Kevin and I did a race, um, the Iron Mountain race, which was over in Wanak, uh, that Kate was on for a few years. And uh, they had just started up and they invited us both to do it since we're more or less known around the, the lower mainland here as triathletes. It was a half Ironman. And, uh, and we thought, yeah, okay, well, you know, we'll, we'll give it a shot. We, we really both really enjoy it and it's not that far away. Yeah. And uh, so uh, I had just actually just told the story just the other day too. And um, uh, this was probably about 15 years ago. And uh, we, we get out there and we, we're ready to start to swim. And we're looking up and it, it's cloudy, but it's dry. And just as we started to swim, we could sort of see like the odd drop hit the, the, uh, the lake. Mm-hmm. And we thought, okay, well, you know, it might rain for part of the day, right? Or part of the swim anyways. Yeah. So we get out and it was just torrential rain. And they set a record for mm-hmm. a single day rainfall mm-hmm. uh, in the lower mainland that day. It was raining so hard you couldn't see where the white line was on the pavement. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was just horrendous. And it didn't stop all day. Mm-hmm. Um, into the later on... Um, like, you know, you'd be out there cycling in the, just a drenched, uh, this downpour, and you'd be scanning the horizon to see if there's any blue sky coming your way. And uh, there was none. And it did end up stopping about halfway through the run, but most of the run was on trails. Mm. And by that time, the trails were just a muddy mess because everybody else had run, you know, ahead of you and everything else. And it was just one of those races, you know, I, I, I kept thinking to myself, if I can do this race, I can do any race. Yeah. And, uh, but it was one race that, yeah, I could have done without. Yeah. That was uh, quite the Xterra experience on the run. And of course the, the Wanak Lake, the Iron Mountain bike course there, uh, going up from the low heat highway. Up yes. 270 yes, very much. Ha- yeah. Having to do that twice, in the rain, mm-hmm. being out there for the elements for how yeah, many you, hours? Hours uh, and hours were, and hours. Yeah. And you actually, we, we rode our bikes across a dam. There's a dam up there? Yes. That we rode across twice, yeah. Yes, and we're finally, I'm, I'm from Mission, and that's kind of the backyard. We're getting that back in two years. So oh, okay. uh, if we keep our fingers crossed, BC Hydro is going to get their dam together. And, uh, you know, who knows if there's going to be a resurrection of that race. Now... Now, Derek, we're talking about some of the more embarrassing moments in triathlon. Um, what's a race that you, you know, would have rather uh, not have done? I mean, they're all special. And even if the race goes poorly, I mean, there's something to be learned or there's some mental fortitude to be gained. But what was one race that you were, you know, not, not too happy with? Last November. Last November. Lord Ironman. <clears throat> okay. Tell us about For the that. first time, I didn't finish one. First time ever. Yeah. And how many... <clears throat> Out of how many Ironman races was that? That's uh, 42. 42. So um, it rained. And I cannot believe with my experience, and I leave this for other people, if it rains or even thinking about it, 
get your chain covered on your bike. So I'm riding. Oh, they changed the, the where the Ironman was from Panama City, beautiful location, and relatively flat bike course, which I trained for, Okay. to Haines City in the middle of Florida, very hilly. Very hilly in Florida. So um, the swim was in a lake. You did a double loop, and they had this, the swim course in the shape of an M, which was a little awkward. You were not allowed in the water until the gun went off. And the reason you weren't allowed in the water, it's full of alligators. However, I got through the swim, and I'm wondering what's wrong with my bike. And, of course, it's the chain's rusty. Uh-huh. I get through the bike. I start into the run. And let's be call a spade a spade. I hadn't worked hard enough. We'd lived on the past too much instead of the present. Mm. I get halfway through the marathon, and I thought, I'm done. But I also realized I had two races coming up in Miami six days later. Okay. So I quit. Yeah. Best friend from Ontario is there. And I apologized to him. And I said, oh, I wasted your time. So it'd be real easy to get down mentally and beat on yourself. And I thought, all right. We all have a race where something just doesn't happen. I parked it out of my mind and yeah. focused on the races the next weekend. Uh-huh. So we get to Miami. At the U.S. Long Course Championships. Yes. Aquathon. Um, I finished third. I beat the fourth place guy that I passed by nine seconds. I thought, that's cutting it fine. Nine seconds, yes. Until the next day in the Half Ironman Championships. And uh, I've had some words with the race director about this. Uh, Everything's fine. And we're in the run. And I see the guy that won the year before miles ahead of me. And I thought, I'm not going to be first. (laughs) He cheated. By 30 miles on the bike. And uh-huh. why they did not kick him out, I don't know. But he's miles ahead running. You know, affected my brain. Yeah. So, this transplanted Britain gentleman living in Florida was going the last six miles pace for pace. <laughs> Valuable lesson to keep your mouth shut. He leans over and smirks at me and he said, just so you know, I've got to beat you. <laughs> I didn't say a word. So, away we go, stride for stride. And I thought, nobody beats me in a sprint. So with 200 yards to go, mm-hmm. I'm going like mad. This guy's right beside me. How could that be? Uh, I beat him by four one-hundredths of a second. And wow. That's really not fair for either of us. Oh, at, to, to leave it to that. So at, when you hit the finish line, did you know you had beaten him? Because no, that's, I thought he'd beaten me. Okay. Because he ran by me just as we crossed the finish line. Uh-huh. I thought, oh, the guy beat me. Uh-huh. But then... When all the dust settled, no, I ended up second, but one minute behind the guy that got the first place medal. So I'm going back, and that better not happen again. <laughs> very, very but, close uh, experience. But but you got him. Got him. Yeah. <laughs> Had he maybe not talked so much, who knows, right? Perhaps. Yeah. It's still a lesson. <laughs> but, keep but, your mouth but shut. What a, what a great story to tell. Um, boy, we've been in the sport for a while. Uh, Will, what are some of the biggest changes that you've seen in the sport since you've started it? Whether it's people, technology, well, well, uh, races. One of, the, one of the big things that, that, that keeps on rearing its head, that, uh, and I'm sure uh, Derek uh, has seen this as well, is we always keep hearing about the death of triathlon. And uh, these races keep filling up, uh, especially the longer courses. Some of the, some of the shorter courses have come and gone. Some of the half irons have come and gone. Even the Ironmans uh, have come and gone, but there always seems to be a place that people want to go on and really push themselves. 
Um, changes in the sport. I mean, obviously technology with the bikes and runners, uh, nutrition, uh, more, more common sense nutrition is sort of the order of the day. You know, it's like when I'm out there doing, um, double Ironmans, which I'm, I'm into now, um, I'm, I'm eating just regular, a lot of times just regular food, right? I'll stop and have a sandwich right out of, right out of 7-Eleven, you know, and when, cause it's, cause I, I know it tastes good. I know what it's like. I'm used to it. Uh-huh. My body can break it down easily and quickly without too much trouble. Mm-hmm. And I'm away again, mm-hmm. uh, on, uh, on a, like a, you, you do, you do a double marathon, obviously lots of fluids, electrolytes. And, and just nibbling at things that are very, very simple and easy to get down. And that kind of knowledge, it just comes from experience. Mm. You know, um, when, I, uh, when I started helping people do, uh, get, them, get themselves ready for an Ironman, they would tell me, uh, you know, after the race, I felt like I'd already done an Ironman because you've given, us so much, given them so much knowledge. Mm-hmm. And Kevin as well. We would get together with people and we would, you know, go on training rides and say, okay, you know, if, 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 if this starts happening, this is how you correct it. If you always want to try and keep ahead of your, uh, new, your fluid intake because it's very difficult to, to make that up once you're, you know, once you're out there. You're you, you can't, deficit. Yeah, you're in a deficit it's and, and it's very tough to make that up. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, you try and watch the weather because these races, especially the longer the race, the more weather dependent it is. Yeah. So, you know, obviously technology with smartphones and apps now can help uh, people track just about everything. There's probably nothing you can't track <laughs> with uh, the app uh, availability now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, the, 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 the bike technology has changed in leaps and bounds, of course, compared to what we used to have. Uh, wetsuit technology. I get my, I have a sponsor. I, Blue 70 supplies Blue me. 70. Nice. Uh, supplies me with wetsuits. So I'm incredibly grateful to them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, uh, you know, just, and these mental, the mental attitude uh, towards these long distance races, people are, uh, are incredibly fearful or used to be incredibly fearful of them. And now they see just ordinary people mm. getting out there and having a, a plan, maybe hiring a coach or not, or taking a cookie cutter plan right off the internet, yeah. following it and getting to the point where, you know, if you can, if you can maintain a pace that's reasonable, then you can probably pull one of these off, you know, and sometimes fairly comfortably. And, and some people are very naturally gifted yes. athletes, which, which, which drives me nuts because <laughs> I'm not that naturally gifted. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a relatively good swimmer. Uh, like I said my earlier, my technique is horrible, but which I'm improving on. And I'm an okay cyclist, and I'm just not a very good runner. Mm-hmm. But I can go long distances as long as I'm fueled, right? But not very fast. Mm. And uh, you know, you learn those things over over the course of uh, many years of doing, and watching years. other people. Uh-huh. It's a, it's amazing how I, at this age and at this stage, how frustrated I. I, I was uh, in the early years uh, because there wasn't that many people around to learn from. Not a lot my, of role models. No, my, my, first, uh, my first Ironman in Penticton, there's 450 people in it, mm-hmm. right? Now, I mean, they've had as much as 3,200 people yes. in their race. Yeah, right. So you know? a different experience on the bike course rolling out to, to Yellow Lake with 30,000 oh, yeah. people. Oh, we, yeah. We, 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 we would come out of the water and not see anybody yeah. for, you know, half an hour. I wouldn't see anybody, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, uh, and of course, you know, uh, Scott bars have come and gone and other technologies <laughs> on the bike have come and gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything from different types of seat posts, positions, yeah. uh, elliptical, you know, uh, front cranks, yeah. everything mm-hmm. uh, have come and gone, you know, and that's just the way it is these days. Uh-huh. What about Derek? What have you noticed changes in the sport? Well, I, listening to Will here, I think back to the first uh, Kona Ironman, you wore a leather helmet. 
<laughs> and then somebody got wise after that year, and then you had to wear plastic helmet <laughs> and that progressed from there but bike technology is phenomenally different so are running shoes i swear by hoka running shoes uh, but not everybody likes no hoka is kind of a, a polarizing topic in the triathlon and running communities so my wife and i are both you know well uh, educated in sports uh, medicine etc and she's a physiotherapist and we like them Mm -hmm. Some people don't, but, um, and of course, then you have tri suits. They did not exist way back when. Um, what did you wear for your first Ironman? I had a tri suit made up. Okay. <laughs> I don't know where I made it up. I had my name on the back, and that time I lived in Courtney, it was on the back, and I was even arrogant enough to have the title doctor on it, too, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which I would never do now. Asking for it. <laughs> and I didn't have a chamois. Um, and I'm not so sure I was still not right about that. Um, mm -hmm. so I had one of those made every year for the years I was in Kona. Mm -hmm. Um, but bikes in, are the major thing, um, that, that have changed bar none. Are they faster now? Do you think? Oh, uh, oh yes. And uh, I think of the first one I had custom made a Marinoni bike came from Montreal and it was a very good bike I mm -hmm. rode it for you know two or three years and then somebody said well you got to try this so you end up with a new bike every year uh, <laughs> as, so, as we look around your uh, yeah. bicycle garage that's supposed to be a house so <laughs> then someone said well aluminum frames the way to go a Vetus bike so I bent two of those frames trying to ride up Oxford Hill you what bent the frame bent the frames yep. <laughs> so so much for that. And uh, you're not supposed to ride up Oxford. You, you, is it possible? It is. Uh, <laughs> That's more of a balancing act. There. Um, I kind of laugh about that hill because uh, fellow who just who's played the last nine years for the BC Lions, uh, Manny Arsenault, would run up the hill, and I keep saying, "Well, why can't I do this with you?" You know, but he's a lot more fit than I am. Perhaps some of the things that I don't like, when I think of going to Hawaii the first time there was, or first few times, in fact, oh, there was a lot of camaraderie. People were there to have a good time and be friendly. But now, when you go to an Ironman, it's pretty dog-eat-dog -dog to start with. When it's over, everybody's, yeah. you know, quite friendly again. But mm -hmm. at the beginning, I've got into half a dozen fights in the water along the way over yeah, the years. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we, I mean, the Ironman swim is like, you know, no other event. I mean, you cram, you know, 2,500 or so uh, adrenaline-fueled junkies in a small area uh, that have been training for this specific event for the past nine months, and the gun goes off, and, you know, people who are ordinarily uh, pretty mellow, uh, you know, the adrenaline flows, and it sounds like Will's got a story. No? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's um, it's type A personalities, you know, come out like crazy. And one of the big problems um, in a mass start, of course, is um, you can't really see around you. Your face is in the water. You're swimming. You're trying to breathe. You're concentrating on everything else. And I've had uh, friends of mine um, where two groups of swimmers have come together, and the, the 
people in the middle between them get lifted right out of the water because these these two groups of 10 or 12 people will slam together Mm -hmm. and there's just no room right and um i've helped people that have you know panicked in the water and stuff like that i've pulled myself off the course uh twice in one iron man i just got in the water and for some reason i just had absolutely no energy and Mm. and sort of it was almost to the point where i was almost breaststroking the entire thing and that was the only race that's ever happened and um And, you, you know, you do run into things. You keep your eyes open. Me being obviously a paramedic. Yeah. I want to be able to, you know, if there's if there's somebody out there in distress that I'm going to come across, I'm not going to keep going. I'm going to try and help out as best yeah. I can and, uh, you know, signal for help. There's, there usually is lots of help, like very, very close. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, uh, it's interesting. Uh, people's type A personalities or personalities in these sort of instances come out. Uh, many people are out there with the 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 ideology that you know if someone really does need help they're going to stop and help and there's other people that are out there they're out there to win their age group or <laughs> win whatever in their mindset right mm-hmm. um, and so they're they're going out for themselves and which is fine it's a race it's a race you know mm-hmm. it is a race you know and they pay their money to get in so they can bring their whatever attitude they want to bring it I've never been never been of that I've stopped many many times yeah. uh, I've taught I've Um, uh, attended to an unconscious woman uh, one year who crashed into a, a concrete abutment just going down into uh, okay falls and uh, it was uh, it was very interesting because she almost died she oh, they, they no. had all sorts of problems intubating her at the hospital in Penticton uh-huh. and she was a severe uh, traumatic brain injury wow and she came back mm-hmm. and I was running alongside her six years later really in the yeah. Ironman and we started talking wow what a and story. Uh, yeah so it was pretty cool it was pretty cool to see her and I'm glad you know obviously that I was able to follow up mm-hmm. With her, and she told me about her recovery along the in the run and everything else. It was it was a lot of fun. Tell us about what you've learned about yourself from your participation in the sport for all these years. Ah, uh, pretty the, the usual. Don't take yourself too seriously. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's. Uh, I re- I remember. Um, uh, I remember being uh, uh, or hearing a story about Lori Bowden. Uh, you know, out on the bike, and she was not having a good day, and. You know, they were, they were, she was crying her eyes out on the, on the bike because she was so frustrated with her day. Mm. And the people that were out there were yelling at her, look, at, they're either going like, and I, I tell this to many people, I said, look, at, it's just a race. There'll be another one along shortly, <laughs> you know, uh, and, and, and I keep that, I think about that uh, quite a bit, you know, I get into these races It's just a race, mm. and uh, in my long distance, the Ultramans that I do now, yeah, uh, the the I just had dinner with a, a lady uh, not too long ago who she's she's done uh, Ultraman as well, and um, and she's going to be doing Ultraman Canada as well, and she's like uh, she's she's looking across me she goes don't you don't you want to get to the finish line as soon as possible and I go no I don't care if there's ten seconds left on the clock I just want to be able to finish and and finish well. Mm-hmm. For me, okay, uh, I like I said the the, the run. I I have a, a strategy that I employ for the run, and which gets me through it. Mm-hmm. And I'm able to finish and get my t-shirt and <laughs> get my little medal and yeah. and go home. And that's what and, I and, that's, be healthy. and, and be healthy, healthy and safe. Right. Yeah. Right. And and that's one of the things. If uh, I see some of these people that really are, you know, sort of out there racing hell bent for leather, mm-hmm. and I, you know, you can just imagine. You know, you cut the wrong corner too sharply, and you come around the corner, and there's there's something you don't expect that wasn't maybe on the road for the cyclist ahead of you. What do you tend? You have to be very, very cautious and careful and very open minded about things that can happen during a race. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a it's a a great way to 
you know, this has led me to meet people and have friends now all over the world. Mm-hmm. Derek's one of them. Yes. Even though he's just down the street in White Rock. Uh, <laughs> Funny but, how that and, works. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and uh, I have invites. I'm, I'm racing in Israel uh, this, uh, this November and next November. Huh. And um, Dance card is full? Um, it's, yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'll probably be doing, uh, in between, I'll be doing uh, Ironman Canada, hopefully next, su- next summer. Yes. And uh, other than that, there's uh, Ultraman Canada this summer. And Ultraman. So, how are you getting ready for that right now? Well, it's one of those long races. It's very kind of similar to Ironman. You can't you can't really train for it as long as you you get into a, a position where you you feel you can go, and as long as you're maintained with uh, you know nutrition and fluids, you can go a long distance. And as long as you can manage your time well, that's fine. So, yeah. any favorite foods you like to have on? Like you said, you were grabbing sandwiches at gas stations. Is that is that the magic? I, I, for I, you? I can do that. I've had boiled eggs. Uh-huh. I, you know, I've had boiled eggs, bananas, mm-hmm. uh, sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorites in the swim when I'm doing long distance swims. My paddler will hand me dried mangoes. Dried mangoes. Yeah, because they'll dissolve in my mouth really quickly. Oh, okay. And they're loaded with sugar. Ah. Right. And uh, I just maintain. I just t- maintain that. I'll, I'll have. Um, uh, Ensure uh, protein enriched ensure, mm. but watered down with ice, so it's mm. nice and cool. Yeah, it tastes like a uh, like a mild milkshake. Milkshake, okay. Yeah, so it's and uh, and that seems to sustain me. And then we carry oranges and bananas yeah. and, and stuff like that. I, I drink Perrier water, mm. and a lot of time it's just just the just the fluid replacement. Yeah. And a lot of people say, well, doesn't it make you gassy? And I said, well, yeah, it, it does. But I when I when I if I'm running along or cycling on a belch, I actually relieve all that pressure, and it makes it makes me actually feel better. Well, once it once it's gone from your gut, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like you're, so, you're a new so person. So it's fine. Yeah. So I I have no I have no problems with it, right? Yeah, I've got a funny story about uh, Will and Perrier. So it was two years ago in 2017 when I was doing my first, and as my wife tells me, my only Ultra 520k, <laughs> and uh, for whatever reason, and they know who they are and they know why, but my crew had abandoned me for a little while because I'm not the most pleasant of <laughs> at, at any rate it was the second day and we were in the middle and if you remember the day it was kind of hot and kind of smoky and I was my mouth was getting pretty dry and I was looking for my crew who shows up Will Rogers with some Perrier water and that was that was the best tasting water I had all weekend almost as good as the beers at the finish line but uh Tell us about uh, what you've learned, you know, from this crazy sport of triathlon, Derek. Well, the Perrier story reminded me of a drink story as well. When uh, Iron Man first started in uh, Kona, it was sponsored by Bud Light. Mm. And they would have beer mm-hmm. at the finish so, line for yeah. you, <laughs> which not a good idea. I went to the New Zealand Iron Man in 1988 and 1989, and it was an out and back run course. So here's this gentleman drinking beer on his front lawn. And I jokingly said, you'll have one of those for me on the way back. Well, he did. Uh-huh. And I took a sip of that. That was not so a uh, neat idea on my stomach because it burned the rest of the run. Oh, no. So, uh, Any, <laughs> anything worse than a burn? No. Nope. No. 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 <laughs> but uh, I learned that you shouldn't be drinking beer after or during the race. Yeah. Same race in New Zealand. I was billeted with a, a family, wonderful family. Philip Jameson smoked. Only triathlete I've ever met who smoked. Wow. He would stop during the Ironman and have a smoke. Have a smoke. <laughs> wow, that's that's incredible. You know, every healthy image, hey? And, and finished the race and did well, but, yep. you know, would have a smoke. So, 
Those were pretty funny uh-huh. stories uh, that, that I do remember about that. But um, So what have you found out about yourself, whether it was in the lava fields of Hawaii, doing the out and back, you know, it's 100 degrees and it's hot and sweaty. What, what have you found out about yourself in these crazy moments of well, these races? I think this, and I tell other people, don't quit. As Will will voice the same opinion, you want to quit. It hurts. So I learned you just don't quit. And another thing I learned last November, uh-huh. Jogi Berra said, it ain't over till it's over. Mm-hmm. And uh, don't presume because the guy ahead of you is going to win because you don't know what's going to happen to him. Mm-hmm. And after all these years... I took that last November. Yeah, absolutely. A lesson uh, to, to remember <laughs> so, and to cherish. When you get to my age, there aren't many guys left. So <laughs> it's pretty relatively easy to podium, which mm. I normally do. But do I like that? Yes. But I get up every morning and say, thank you for blessing me with a body that never got sick. Yeah. And I, I look at people, average people around who are struggling with health. And I think, wow. This is neat. Just to be able to go do this. Yeah. You know, I don't care if you're Dave Scott, who wins, and Mark Allen, yeah. or me. <laughs> um, I say to anyone that finishes any triathlon, you are a champion. Yeah. And you are. Just to... Yep. Yeah. And I, Will and I have seen terribly obese people finish. Yeah. They're champions. Absolutely. They're, they're trying. Yeah. We've already heard about Derek's uh, list. He's going to do the Toronto Marathon when he's 100. He's going to beat <laughs> Sister Madonna's uh, record. Uh, what do you have still in your triathlon to-do list or, or athletic to-do list? I mean, uh, well, just actually, yeah, yeah it's a very, that's a very good question because uh, it's, it's just come up over the last few years um, about, uh, because we know people are living longer and living healthier lifestyles, but a lot of people are setting records and uh, they're in the in the news because of their age, right? The 100-year-old uh, gentleman from Surrey, for one thing. Um, uh, my short-term goal right now is to get that world record for my age group mm-hmm. in, the, in the 10K Ultraman swim. Uh, hopefully, I'll do it in July. And if I don't do it in July, there's uh, Arizona Ultraman Arizona coming up in March, which I've signed up for. So I'm going to drive down to so that. So two Ultramans in the same year. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. he yeah. says yeah. without without any doubt. <laughs> well, I did, I did, uh, I did uh, the the Ultraman, the Ultra Five Twenty, Ultramax in uh, in Mexico uh-huh. in November, and then I went to Arizona three and a half months later and did uh, Ultraman uh, Florida. So been there, done that twice. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, um, so you're setting, or you've got your goal set on the swim record. The swim, the the, sw- the swim record, and uh, if I can maintain myself, if my knees hold together. Um, I'll probably shoot for the one at 65 as well mm-hmm. and, try, and, and all, all along the way improve my time, my swim time. Cause that's one thing I, I, I seem to be, that's a, that's an attainable goal. Like, like Derek said, um, usually I'm the oldest person at the Ultramans there in Florida. There was a gentleman that was four months older than me, but he's, his swim time is, is like four hours. Okay. So which, which, it's, from, it's from about, four, about, four, about 40 minutes slower than the record. So I hold, I hold the record now for Florida by, by about 35 minutes. Okay. And then so um, for, the, for the world record, mm-hmm. it's, been, it's been surpassed twice, but the people have not been able to finish the entire race. Oh, so, so that's so it's it doesn't not have, an official record. It's not because, an official record, right? Uh-huh. So, and it was actually set at, in Australia when I was there mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. Uh, other than that, there's there's a story that's been in the news uh, a little while ago about the 90 year old uh, setting a record in cycling, 
uh, in a velodrome and uh, able to average 23 miles an hour mm -hmm. uh, for a 90 year old yes. with poor eyesight <laughs> uh, and stuff. So, I mean, things like that, are, you, you don't really think too much about them, but then you think, geez, you know, like, you know, why stop? And of course, if I, if I ever uh, stopped doing um, triathlons, uh, I've said, in the last few years, if I ever had to give up anything, you know, I'd probably give up the swimming and the running because I love cycling. Okay. You know, like a lot of people, I, they just enjoy cycling immensely. And I've been to Spain twice now and uh, cycling over in uh, Mallorca. Mm -hmm. And I've done Grand Fondo here several, probably nine times now. So I just love cycling. And I don't, I don't think I would, I would be hard pressed to ever give that up. Uh -huh. Right. So. Well, we're going to end off the interview with the uh, traditional FitSpeak uh, questions. And having never heard a podcast before, this is going to be a brand new question for you. So here's how we end it off. And we'll start with age and beauty before Will. Uh, so the question is this, Derek. If you could be an animal other than a human being, what animal would you be? And tell us why. I think I'd be a great white shark. Because uh, I would be at the top of the food chain. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty straightforward answer. And fast in the water, too. Fast in the water. Maybe, maybe as fast as Will. So, Will, same question. Hippopotamus. Because they're very unassuming, yet, yet they're deadly. Deadly, yeah. More, more <laughs> deadly. <laughs> and very comfortable in the water. Very comfortable in the water. And you just don't, you, you don't, you, you get what you don't expect. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, Will. Thank you so much, Derek. That's, uh, it's been kind of a, a dream of mine to have you guys around the FitSpeak uh, podcast microphone. We've shared some interesting stories. Uh, we're still all blessed with some pretty darn good health. Uh, we've got plans for the future, and uh, I think we've got the motivation and uh, the ambition to go grab those goals for the next year. So thank you very much for your time, and uh, best of success in the upcoming seasons. Thank you for having me. And that's it for another edition of FitSpeak, the Fraser Valley's fitness, wellness, and endurance sports podcast. FitSpeak is brought to you by Wenting Cycle and Mission. Your Wenting's Word of the Week is SRAM. Once again, the Wenting's Word of the Week is SRAM. We're also brought to you by TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. Whether your goals are iron, golden, or ultra, our low client-to-coach ratio ensures that you get the one-on-one -on -one time you deserve to achieve your potential. It's TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. See the link at the bottom of this page to book your free consultation and goal-setting session. We'd like to thank our guests this week, Dynamic Derek Duvall and Iron Will Rogers, and wish them the best of luck with their upcoming seasons. Next time, we turn our attention to cycling, and we'll be speaking with newly turned pro from Chilliwack, Thomas Schellenberg will be our guest. We'll also have your upcoming event schedule and our fit flop of the week. For Kevin Watt and Zach Neufeld, I'm Kevin Hines. Thanks for listening.